Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. Before we begin, I would like to give a shout out to my patrons. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being with me all this way. And we can't do this without you all. So we are about to hit 100 episodes. Um, and yeah, appreciate each and every one of you who's been with me all this way. And if you haven't given a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do so. You know, it helps us. And there's also going to be um, a surprise, which is, well, I, I, I can tell you the surprise, but I'll pick, a, I'll pick some of the best reviews and you get a T-shirt, you know. And also there's, uh, um, you know, you can go and join our Patreon, become a supporter. You know, we need more people. There's a whole lot of new things that will be coming up before we hit 200 episodes, obviously, but there will be a whole lot of changes, good changes, you know, changes for the positive. Um, in January, there will be a very big announcement coming up. And yeah, I, I can't tell you all about that now. There's too much goodies. But um, it involves Africa, a trip, and some other things. That's all you get. Uh, people on Patreon, you'll get, you'll get the tea being spilled a little bit earlier. But I won't even tell them right now. But maybe by November or December, I will announce what is happening. So, everyone who's listening, thank you for your support. Go get your T-shirts. Give us five stars. It's the right thing to do. Join on Patreon. And with that being said, let's jump to today's guest. I have the honor of having Safi Lynch Wilson, um, a clinical social worker. She's a therapist. and she is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. Um, we had my one of my other favorites just a few episodes ago, and uh, from the progressive immigrant, a uh, pro- progressive migrant, and it was um, through Safi that I got to know Rashid, who was on the podcast not long ago, and um, Safi is also a military spouse, and Safi is like, you know, she's like someone who, just like Rashid, when you come on her profile, you get to see why I say she's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram because there are so many walls that people like myself coming from the, the, the immigrant community and African in diaspora, we still um struggle to bring down or we are in the process of bringing down that safi through her work that she does she has she brings it down effortlessly makes it in a simple manner and if someone like myself is trying to talk about stuff like this is like you know people like we were fighting and all that but it's so smooth the way she does it and it's her job so i you know and it's why she does it in a beautiful and excellent manner but you need to follow this woman you need to go see what she's doing and I recommend it 1,000% of the time, about 3,000% of the time. I don't know if that's correct, but it is, it is correct right now. So go check out, check it out, 
I'm doing the plugging. I normally do the plugging at the end, but let, we'll start the plugging from the beginning right now because the work she does, it is worth it. It is worth it. It is worth it 1,000% of the time. So welcome on the podcast. It's my honor to have you. How are you doing today? Uh, thank you so much for that welcome. I am humbled, humbled, humbled. Thank you for having me. A thousand percent? Wow. No, we can go to 3,000 percent, too. I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan, so we have 3,000. <laughs> thank you. Hello, hello. Thank you um, for having me. Um, and I just really appreciate the, um, just your, your kind words. It really um, means a lot to me. Thank you. Uh, you. You deserve it. You deserve a lot more than that, but... We are going to get to that through the, you know, now when we dig into who you are and, you know, how to save the rest of the goodies for okay. when we get to know you and, you know, know more about you. So let, let's get to the very beginning. Let's go to your origins. We'll make this an origin mm-hmm. uh, episode. Mm-hmm. So okay. right from the very beginning, you know, if someone sees your name, comes across your name, Safi Lynch, you know, the average person wouldn't be like, oh, does she have African roots? Or, you know, they don't think that way. It's just like some people see me and they're like, Raphael, Raphael, as most people call me, Raphael. And they're like, hey, wait, you African? You Nigerian? You know, so, but you also have roots to Africa. So what, what's the meaning behind your name? And what, what's the origins behind your name? So let me tell you a quick story about my name. My full name is actually Safiatu. Safiatu. Oh, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I know I know that name. Yep. Yeah, my full name is actually Safiatu, but um, as you know, I'm from Liberia, which had a 14-plus year civil war. Mm-hmm. And so when I was 12 and we were fleeing the country, there was a part of the war involved um, genocide against uh, Muslims. Oh, wow. That, yes, that was a little uh, piece of it that is not often talked about. Yeah. And so... Um, my family is a Christian family, but we had a lot of we have a lot of family members who are Muslims, and so most of us have Muslim names. And so my mother, my mother cut my name short so that we wouldn't um, look like a, a Muslim family, so we so that we would not be targeted. So that's how I became Safi legally on all these documents. But my uh, birth name is Safi Atu. Wow. That that mm-hmm. is not surprising to me mm-hmm. because, you know, we had lots of um, Liberians who came to Nigeria during my time, sure, during sure. the Civil mm-hmm. War. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, one of the most popular videos when I was a kid was the death of Samuel Doe, which mm-hmm. kids weren't yes. supposed to watch something like that, but we watched the torturing when we reenacted it yes. because it was a game mm-hmm. to us, being boys, mm-hmm. you know, the toxic thing. And, uh, but it, I don't think that part was something that we knew it, it was, uh, popular, especially being that we were in the Southern most mm-hmm. part of Nigeria and it's a highly dom- Christian dominated mm-hmm. part of the country. Mm-hmm. So I don't, maybe that was one reason why it wasn't news to us mm-hmm. uh, so it, mm-hmm. or newsworthy for us to know something. Like yeah. It wasn't talked about much, and it's still not talked about much when people talk about the um, about that civil war because the the Muslim population is not the dominant yes. population, mm-hmm. but there are. I mean, but it's significant. Yeah, it's significant, and um, there there has been strife, you know, between the different uh, communities. 
And so that, that was something that was happening, but I think because of the, the greater terror, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that that, that got uh, minimized or just not talked about, but it was, it was a real fear. Cause my, so my name was shortened. My brother changed his name entirely. Like he dropped an entire name and uh, took my, my father's name, which is a Christian name. Wow. And, <laughs> and that too is um, also something that's not a surprise to me because I'm also aware of Muslims in Nigeria who, um, for different reasons, had, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Christians, I mean, who had Muslim names. So yeah, yeah. either they were converted or like their, mm-hmm. either their community converted to Christianity or, mm-hmm. you know, so, 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 so someone um, born into a Muslim family and then converted mm-hmm. to Christianity. So, but some still kept their Muslim names. So mm-hmm. you see them and then they're like, oh, this person is a Muslim, is a Christian, but has a Muslim name. So in a way, it wasn't a surprise to me, especially when I lived in the western part of Nigeria, you started seeing something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it became like normal. So when you mentioned that um, you weren't Muslims, but you um, but you had Muslim names, I was like, yes, that 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 that's something, and it just brought that memory back to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I started remembering some people. Like even one of the largest uh, churches in Nigeria right now, uh, the the CEO, as I call him, mm-hmm. he he mm-hmm. he is one of those too. Actually, two. Mm-hmm. Two of the most popular um, yeah. evangelicals in Nigeria right now, they they come from that line. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, one actually has a Muslim name. The other one converted. Actually, uh, changed his name, but they're they're both along something like that. Especially mm-hmm. if, if you're from the northern part of the country. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, do you, do you know the the meaning of Safiatu? I don't know the meaning of Safiatu, but I know the meaning of Safi. Oh, okay. Because when I yeah, so when I came here, um, a lot of people started asking me what a sapi means, and because I don't know about I don't know about um, you all, but when I was young, we didn't really talk about meanings of names. You yeah. know, maybe I yes. was same with me. But we didn't really, yeah, we didn't really talk about it. So when I became um, when I got older, and people started asking me, I started to research and I started to ask. And the people um, in the Arabic com- community told me that it means uh, calm and peaceful. Oh. So that's what I learned. You know, I don't, I don't know it for myself, but that's, that's what I um, was told that it means, um, like a clear, calming water. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so um, and I, that's what it means. That works for me. Yeah. When, when you said Safiya too, I was like, yeah, I know that name. And when you mm-hmm. said Arab, Arabic, I was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised because I've had um, a couple of people, including Rashid, our good mm-hmm. friend. Who, when he said his name, like even before Rashid, I used to think, you know, back because um, I finished my high school in Ibadan, which is a Yoruba mm-hmm. town, and I used to think, oh, a whole bunch of names that I saw there were Yoruba names, and mm-hmm. it was until I started asking about names on the podcast that I started realizing that the names that are considered Yoruba, especially the Muslim names that I taught mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. Yoruba Muslim mm-hmm. names, were Arabic. Mm-hmm. Arabic, yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. due to Islam, a whole lot of those names came in, and some, mm-hmm. based on pronunciation, became mm-hmm. what sounded Yoruba to me. But if I yeah. went by the yeah. true pronunciation, the, 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 it wasn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. a Yoruba name, and I was like, oh. So mm-hmm. 
like Safia too. It, there's ways like it's like Safia too. There's there's an emphasis that you have for me. It's not like a bad on the area. It's that the two gets like there's a serious emphasis on the two. So I think I might I might have even had a Safia too in my in my class. If I was there were three twos. Yeah. So that that's why I was like as soon as you said Arab, I was like, yep, that's another another one added to the list now. Like yeah, it's no longer Yoruba anymore. It's uh. Yeah, there's a there's a large Arabic influence on on oh, absolutely. on, on the names absolutely. that I would name. Yeah, my teenage self never yeah, yeah, I was like, nah, the the we only thought it was like oh, northern part of Nigeria, that's where it stopped. Nah, it it, it went a lot more than that. And, and we weren't thinking about these things as kids. <laughs> nah. <laughs> we were not thinking about these things. <laughs> But that, that's why I, I, I love this question and I'll keep this question and I'll make it a mainstay of the podcast, the question of uh, names, because there's <laughs> so much that I learn about names and the connection, and, you know, like I, I wouldn't have even thought about uh, the genocide against Muslims as being part <laughs> of the Liberian civil war. It's, that was just, you know, because the most popular names we had from the world back then was uh, Samuel Doe, Charles Taylor. <laughs> And yes. you ask the average Nigerian, oh, Christians, that's all, yeah. And I've forgotten a couple of other names, but all the names mm -hmm. I remember from back then were all Christian, Christian, Christian. Yes. And it was Syria Lone's war that you had Muslim names. Yeah. And then it was like... Right, no, there, Muslim, there were a lot of... And it was like, oh, Syria Lone mm -hmm. is the one that has Muslims fighting there. And it's like, yes. yeah, so that, that's where... But you know, because of the border, we uh -huh. have a lot of, you know, because even my family, uh, my grandmother went to school in Sierra Leone. Yeah, well, and that, I have, that, I that have makes, family, you know. That makes yeah. sense. And I so, mean, it's right next to each other, so yeah, you know. we share a border. So we share a border. We share. We share a war. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that that's just uh, yeah. But you know, as kids, then you, you, that your mind doesn't go that far. You just still want yeah. picture, and it's like that's a picture we're sticking to, and you take mm -hmm. that into your young adult years, and you're still insisting this is how it should have been. This is how it must be, and then. It start making sense why certain people were able to capitalize on that information back then to sell certain agendas. And, yes. Um, yeah, and we were the way we were for a certain point in time until some of us adopted new information and said, "No, this mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. so this is not right." Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. So, um, but what about the rest of uh, your names? Um, you know the meaning of uh so Lynch and uh Wilson is your marital name? Yes, it is. Okay. And mm -hmm. uh Lynch is your father's name. Your father's name. Mm -hmm. Okay. So mm -hmm. that that there any meaning to that? Uh my father actually has roots from here, from okay. down south. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his his uh father and their people were from here and they went to Liberia. Because, you know, Liberia has a lot of um, uh, African-Americans, yes. the Back to Africa movement. So there, there's a lot of um, Americo-Liberians, that's yeah. what they're called. Yeah, so my father's roots, even though he was born and raised in uh, Liberia, his father and their roots are um, from down south here. And they were um, actually... Uh, the name is Hill, but he was adopted by someone whose name was Lynch. And so that's oh. the name that he carried. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
So a, a lot of names in there. Wow. So mm-hmm. you, did you ever trace your your family, your your dad's side to where, where he came from? So funny that you asked that because we, in our family, and this is something that I think uh, we've, I, we've talked about in my post on um, Instagram, you've, you've commented on, we talk a lot about secrets in mm-hmm. our families, right? A lot of secrets and a lot of discussions that we don't have and a lot of things that we just don't know. And so... Um, as you know, my dad passed away a couple of months ago. So after he um, passed away, more information came up from uh, another side of his family that we had not really been in contact with, that we didn't know that much about. Um, we knew of them, but we had not we had not really um, been in contact with them. And so what we discovered is that um, his father, who was from here, his father um, was actually the product of um, an African-American and a full-blooded Native American. Oh, and wow. because, yes, and because he was Black, she could not keep him. And so she gave him to um, his father's people. Oh. So, he was, so his mother was, so basically my father's grandmother was um, Native American, full-blooded, and she left him with his Black father. Because she could not take a black baby back to um, her her people. Yeah. So um, we have a whole community of people. I think in North Carolina, is what I'm hearing, um, who we know of, but I haven't personally met. Wow, this is. So we just literally learned that within the past, you know, two months since my dad died. Wow. This gets, mm-hmm. it's like keeps expanding and expanding. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, first of all, condolences on the passing away of your Thank you. dad. Thank you. And Thank you. just out of curiosity, would you still be interested in, like, knowing or uh, connecting with your Native American side? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't. I don't know anything about that side. We just know of the, you know, that that his grandmother was Native American, but I don't know if there are any actual connections. I know that the the African American side, they're so connected in North Carolina. Mm. But I don't know if if there are any connections to, you know, to the to the mother. But I would love to. Absolutely. I, I would love to. It's so fascinating is that on my way to the studio, I was listening to um a, a podcast from the Brooklyn Library, Borrowed, mm-hmm. and they were talking about um Brooklyn and most of New York City being Lenape um, land and mm-hmm. uh, the Lenape um, um, tribe uh, mm-hmm. has been, uh, they're also one of those who've been moved to, who were um, migrated, forcefully migrated mm-hmm. to Oklahoma. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the Lenape Center, um, in conjunction with the Brooklyn Library, um, Gave, they gave the Brooklyn Library a lot of the information that they used to put together this series that they are now um, using to bring an education about the not the Native American uh, presence mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And um, they're trying to make sure they're not erased from the history of Brooklyn. Yes. And yes. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I'm learning so much. And I was like, why am I listening to this? Like, I, this is something I was still going, I'm, I, I plan to, I normally would listen to. I was like, why am I listening to this before I come um, interview 
Safi. Like, oh. Well, let me just continue listening to it. But I guess, mm-hmm. well, maybe, maybe that was just a sign that... Uh, and now here we are, yeah. yeah. Maybe that was... I learned something new. I didn't even know there was a community, you know, there was a history of that in Brooklyn. So I, I just learned something new from you. Yeah, so yeah, mm-hmm. everything works out. So, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. But I would yeah. love to meet them if yeah. they were ever discovered. I would love to. Oh, yeah. So I, I guess you, um, you have to do the, um, um, I guess in your future, you, you the, what's it called? The DNA test. Yeah, the ancestry or the yeah, the ancestry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that would be the most the, the the best way for you to have that track. You know, what's that show called? Where um, what's his name? That uh, the old the older gentleman. Uh, who, I've always seen, uh, someone sent me his video. I, I'll probably remember after recording where he's always revealing some celebrities, uh, family tree. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know, yeah. I think it's also yeah. based on the ancestry, ancestry mm-hmm. test too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, yeah. That, that's, I, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I would like to do something like that about myself because also my family, you know, there's so many secrets too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, I would love to do it because just you just never know. <laughs> I just don't get it. The, 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 I just don't get it when it comes to the secrets. Like, uh <laughs> <laughs> and you know that the the secret is um i i think that the secrecy is is driven by shame and embarrassment like there's you know because everybody wants their family to be normal whatever normal looks like so anything that that seems a little different is is embarrassing and people try to hide it you know so, so like you know i i, I, think I get that but the funny thing is that Every time I found out stuff and I'm like, wow, this happened, this you someone this one did this, this one did that, and I'm like, like, okay, I know, but I don't know if I think it made me lose even more respect for the person when I had to go find out by myself. And yeah. it's like, because I know how they use that person or whoever I found out stuff about. Yeah. In secret, it's like they use that person as the pedestal or or, or like, yeah, the, yeah. Like this is yeah. who you. Why can't you be like this? Why can't you be like? And then you go find out like, this person was a monster to kids, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. his their spouse mm-hmm. and all that. And like, yeah. so you were just because the person got straight A's in school, mm-hmm. that was it. That's all. Life was okay. Well, I guess that's. I'm, I don't want to be like that then. And, and right. let me go yeah. the opposite route, you know, because I I guess I was rebelling without even realizing I was doing that. And mm-hmm. then they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't want to be like, you don't want to be like this. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, and I don't know who else is doing that to in the family, but the, right. but we can't communicate right now because it's like I'm a black sheep, so I've put myself out. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, like, but you find out the person, the person wasn't someone to look up to in the first place. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I remember yeah. one time my, uh, my first nephew was talking to me and I told him about his grandmother his uh, maternal grandmother having, I was like, yeah, she used to party. Yeah, she, she, she wants one mini skirt. She had an afro. It was like, oh, it's like, oh, what? I don't believe that. I'm like, you're in the same house with our photos. You're in the same house with, like, what do you people talk about? And he's like, oh, we go to church and we this. And I'm like, okay, so what else do you guys talk about? That? Uh, I don't know. She, she, I'm like, she loves to dance. You can't tell from all the dancing. Like, she can't walk around right now. She's just a walker. But you can tell why she's always like, this music is bubbling. This music is hot. But, but you are not playing active music. This, I don't like this type of music. Why do you think she's like that? You think it was from church? 
<laughs> you think it was from church that came out like no there's a reason why people used to call her the life of the party <laughs> and it's like oh I'm, I'm like it had nothing to do with alcohol she gave up alcohol when she was right. 50 but yeah it, it's but she lived a life before she became yeah. your grandmother yeah she had a life I'm like, uh-huh. even your mother, did, your, did you know your mother won a beauty pageant? He's like, what? I'm like, oh, you know, you're not going to get the whole history from me. <laughs> Go ask your mother. Your mother isn't like, yeah, you think your mother is a hardcore evangelist. Cool. Go ask your mother all these questions. And he's like, uh, I don't know if I should. And I'm like, well, okay, when you're ready, one day you'll figure it out. But there's a reason why your mother and myself, we can't talk anymore. And you know, all this thing, but I don't want you to hate your mom or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you don't have to be like where I am with your mom. But why are you hiding all this from your your own child? Just talk to your child. Let them know you're human. They just need to know that you're a human being. They don't need to think that you're some... There's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with those things that you describe. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, let's come back to you. So, um, you... When when did you leave uh, Liberia? 1990, when I was 12. Okay. I just told my age, huh? Okay. So, <laughs> so you, you've um, you, you experienced the country a, li- a little bit. But, but, um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just all about fighting and war while you were there, right? No, not at all. Okay. So you'll you be able to give a, a good answer about this question. And this question might not even be... Tied, it might not have been only while you were in Liberia. So, what, uh, where, uh, what will you consider your favorite childhood memory, or where do you consider that from? You know, there are so many of them. It's hard to just pick one. Oh, that's why this there, question there, there, exists. There, yeah, there's so many. <laughs> um, so two you, of them you, you come can give to mind. One. Don't worry. Okay, two come to mind mm-hmm. uh, immediately. So. My dad's sister was a uh, midwife, and she had a um, she had a shop, like a, a grocery store, on her property. Okay. And so we loved to visit her because we would raid the shop. It was the best thing. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> we loved to visit her, and she, she spoiled us rotten. And so I have yeah. memories of us. Just like basically just shopping, you know, walking up and down the aisle, taking whatever. And my dad chasing us like, you got to run her broke. Leave her stuff alone. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, you know, leave them alone. It's fine. And, and so those are just happy memories of just looking forward to Sundays and looking forward to those visits so that we could just eat whatever. And, you know, because it, she sold some things that we didn't always have in our, you know, it's like every day at home. Yeah. So we look forward to going there and just raiding her shop. And just playing. <laughs> so I, that's 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 one memory I have. And the other memory that I have is um, there was a uh, hotel that was called Hotel um, Africa that was um, brand new that was built there, and it had a pool in the shape of um, uh, the map of Africa. Oh wow! So, yeah, so it was you know for us it was like. The place to be, and we didn't get to go there because you know it was again it was a hotel, and we lived there, so that's not anywhere that we would go on a regular basis. But we looked forward to it, like whenever anybody was going, we try to see if we could go there so that you could swim in the pool that had that was the shape of Africa, and that was just <laughs> that was just something that we had never seen, and we just loved, you know, going there. Uh, so, 
Um, so those those are two memories, you know, that pop up. But I have there's so many. There's so many. You know, I was there for twelve years, and there there are a lot of memories in those in those twelve years. So a lot of good memories. When you, um, I mean, r right now, have, have you ever been to an African store or, or even shopping online? And have you seen anything? Have you come across anything from your auntie's store that took yes. you back to, you know, brought those memories like, oh, back, took you back to your childhood? Oh, absolutely. Jacob's Crackers. <laughs> Jacob's Crackers. <laughs> Maybe Jacob's I crackers. That sounds familiar, though. It might, uh, Jacob's crackers. Let me write that down. And uh, uh, milk, the powder milk, the uh, Nido. Nido, oh, oh, Nido was your favorite. Mhm, mm mhm, mhm. I think it was peak milk and carnation. Peak carnation, Nido, and uh, Clint. 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 Mm -hmm. I don't know Clint, but I know peak milk was like at at one point in time, peak milk, peak was the milk. That when you say. I want to buy milk. Pick. They will just give you pick. It's like I want to buy milk. Pick. And if there's no pick, then then you can say carnation on the rest. But it's <laughs> madam. Give, give, I want to buy milk. Uh, milk. Yeah, I don't. Mm -hmm. I was in Benin City, so they they had yeah, different places. They have their. They just pronounce it whatever. Like they have their own pronunciation. Madam, give me milk. Uh, <laughs> I said, give me milk. They bring something. I say, I want milk. Oh, yeah, okay. It will be the yeah, pick milk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that one. Give me Milik. Oh, look, sorry. You <laughs> pick. <laughs> my, that aunt was my dad's sister. Yeah. My mom's sister was a doctor and she worked in um in this county um in an area. Where were they from? It was a Dutch company. I think it was, it was a lot of Dutch um so it's called Lamco. I think it was a lot of Dutch people there. Yeah. But it was um a very well to do community community. Um, like a compound. Yeah. And so they had like really good things because, you know, they had a lot of uh, foreign doctors, a lot of Dutch doctors and um, other places too. Cause I think some of one, of one of our neighbors was from, I think Sweden. So there were a lot of international doctors in that area because um, that's where the iron ore, the iron ore was. Oh, okay. And so I love going over there because she had, um, she had the regular milk that we drink here, not the powder. She had the liquid milk and that was a, uh, for me, that was heaven. <laughs> that was a luxury. That was a luxury. We didn't have that, you know. Besides, like the like the canned carnation, yeah. you know, yeah. we had the, the powdered milk. So I love going there so I could drink the liquid milk, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the little things yeah. that bring you joy when you're, when you're young. Yeah, yeah the, the little things brought brought us joy. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, when you mentioned the pool. um, when, because uh, I was born in the city of Just, which was in the middle part of the country, um, mm -hmm. the northern, closer to the northern part, and then we moved down to Benin City. And when we moved to Benin City, we lived in a gated community, and mm -hmm. there was a swimming pool. So that was like our claim to fame that we had right. a swimming pool. Right. And, you know, everybody wanted to become my friend because you want to come visit mm -hmm. Raphael, and, you know, because we have a pool. <laughs> And we had white neighbors, a uh -huh. bunch of Israelis for some engineering company. So it was like, yeah, this is nice. So by the time, I think we spent, was it three years there? I think about three years. When mm -hmm. we decided, when my mom decided we had to move, I think they sold the estate to some, I think the, the engineering company bought the whole place. And because uh -huh. uh, my mom wanted to buy one of the houses, but they, they wanted to sell the whole 
they didn't want to sell uh, um, mm-hmm. the whole development. Yeah, they, yeah. They didn't sell okay. the whole development instead of a single outlet to like Nigerians. So um, my mom moved, still the same neighborhood, but moved to a, a, a nice house. Um, I, I wasn't happy because there was no swimming pool. <laughs> There was no swimming pool. Like said, not a lot of people have pools, so it was a big deal yeah. to go to the pool or to have access to a pool. That, <laughs> that, that, that was the last time in my life that I would ever live in a place that had a swimming pool until I was, uh, yeah, until I was an adult living in Texas. Now I would live in my community had a pool. <laughs> that was, there was no swimming pool, and I was like. Yeah, I moved to that place in Texas. My apartment complex had a pool. That's when I realized, oh, I've never had lived somewhere else with a swimming pool. Because <laughs> it was like, ah, man, I lost, I lost, I lost that, um, I lost that cred. I lost that cred. In the whole... it's, a, it's a symbol of uh, of status. Yeah. Oh, that that yes, was, that was a period where I, the rich kids could talk yeah. to me. Everybody yeah. wanted to talk to me, like, oh yeah, yeah, but want to come to your house. Want to come to your house? Like, oh, you have, you have a swimming pool? Oh man, want to come. Because after that, I was like, oh, um, who, who, who's a friend that has a swimming pool? Nobody has a swimming pool in their house. That's what I realized. <laughs> Nobody has a swimming pool. Yeah, pool. Oh, we're going to country club. What, what is country club? I had to go right. ask my mom one day. I, I want to go to country club. Why? I want a swimming pool there. I'm like, do you have money? <laughs> no. Okay. Then, then go get money. Then you can go. That's what I realized. Oh, they pay money to go to the swimming pool? Oh, my goodness. Why would we leave that place? <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy for like uh, maybe, maybe a year. Yeah, I, I was yeah. pissed. I was like, "Wow, we should we should have we should have bought the whole estate." I know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know how much it cost then. I was like, "Oh, go! You have, why did you find money to buy the whole estate?" Oh, oh. Uh, the innocence of a child. Oh, <laughs> oh you gonna make me lose all my friends now? That's not that's not fair. Like, come on, <laughs> go find the money. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Buy the whole estate. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was so bad. I, I never even touched what I, it was until I joined the navy that I would actually swim. But I mean, I, I jumped into a pool once, but I never did swimming again until I left Nigeria. But I never, yeah, because I couldn't uh-huh. afford to swim after that because the economic situation would change around me. So I couldn't even afford to go pay for a swimming pool. Like I. When I had money in my hand, I was like, ah, go pay for some. I, go, I have to go eat. Why <laughs> <laughs> like, <what>, waste it? <laughs> <sighs> so, um, when you and your family left um, Liberia, did you guys just leave Liberia straight for the States or did you guys move somewhere oh. else? No, we, um, we left Liberia and we were in um, the Ivory Coast. We're in Cote d'Ivoire. Okay. For um, I think about two months. Oh, okay. Same as the first yeah. Liberian I had on the on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we were in Cuba for about two months, um, trying to get all our papers and everything, you know, mm-hmm. together. Because you know, when we when the war started, we left our house and we went to our uh, my grandma's house. Okay. And the the understanding was that the city monrovia was not going to be safe and we were going you know further up to the rural areas to be safer and that it would be temporary yeah. and that's that's a general understanding throughout the country you know like people left their homes 
thinking that they would come back because that wasn't the first war that the country had had. There had been a coup in 19, you know, a coup in 1980, you know, that people recovered from. And so no one thought that it was going to be that bad. No one thought it was going to be that long term. So we didn't leave with a lot of stuff. Mm. And so we spent a lot of time uh, in Cote d'Ivoire, uh, like she said, my mom did, trying to just get things together to get us out and to formulate a new plan, you know, when it was clear that things were escalating and that this was, you know, a different type of war. Wow. So yeah. when you, you guys were in uh, Cote d'Ivoire, were you in Abidjan or were you by the border we're town? In, we're in the border, the border town uh, in Danale. Okay, in Danale. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were in Danale. Yeah. Um, it was temporary. We were always, you know, like at that point, we were just trying to get out of the country. My mom was just trying to get us to safety. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, um, my previous guest, she was one of my earlier guests. Well, mm-hmm. earlier uh, during the pandemic, uh, when the pandemic just started, and I think when when I switched to virtual um, recordings, uh, mm-hmm. she's in New York now. I have to hit her up too. Um, Lewanel, um, she was also born in uh, Monvoria, uh, Monrovia. I mean, if I, if I said oh, okay, well, Monrovia, uh-huh. and um. She ran. Uh, she moved with her mom to. Um, I think she was in Abidjan, if I'm not mistaken, or Yamoussoukro. I don't remember which one. And mm-hmm. uh, they stayed in Ivory Coast for a few, for a while, and mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, uh, from I think from about five months at least. Mm-hmm. And but uh, she 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 noticed that the, the, they weren't treated fairly. And from Ivory Coast, they moved to Ghana, and then from Ghana yeah. to to the states. Yeah. And um, even in Ghana, her mom should have gotten a job. I think that's when they decided to move to the states because her mom should have gotten a job, and they they like ah no, we're not giving you because you're a Liberian kind of thing. And I remember stuff like that happening in Nigeria. Oh, yeah. We were quite okay with it because we we're like ah, you guys coming here, you should be okay. We allowed you even come. And it was yeah. language that yeah. we used publicly, yeah. like even on the radio, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And there were like debates sometimes. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Now I look back and I'm like, wow, there was stuff that we were saying publicly. Yeah. Yeah, then. it was bad. And we were like, mm-hmm. yeah, why, why are we feeding them good food? I remember one night somebody said on the radio station and the presenter didn't even challenge the, the caller. Was calling yeah. and was yeah. like, yeah. Uh, they should be feeding them cowbell, cowbell, and because it got mm-hmm. to a stage, we started considering cowbell uh, mm-hmm. refugee meal. Mm-hmm. That's what we used to call yeah. the nickname yeah. cowbell was. Because one day, I, my uncle sent me to buy milk, and I, I never used to get pocket money, so I would try to pocket um, some change. So I bought cowbell instead of buying pig milk, so I could yeah. get extra change and put yeah. <laughs> my pockets. Yeah. I bought cowbell, and when I got home, my uncle was mad. He was like, Who, "Who's the refugee in this house? Who the refugee?" <laughs> Who's the refugee? Any Liberian in this house? Who's, oh, who's the Liberian that you bought this for? Who's the, who do you buy this for? I said, uh, mm-hmm. go return it back and bring my money. I was like, um, well, go I'm, I'm, I'm stuttering there. Like, uh, but that was like one of the memories that, yeah, I have. Yeah, I remember when we got there, because um, it was a long, long ride. Um, yeah. When we got to um, the Ivory Coast, the first hotel that we went to you know again keep in mind that we left our homes 
temporarily. It was supposed to be temporarily. Yeah. And uh, there were one, two, four families that, that, that were together. So including my family, there were, there were four families together and we went to the first hotel, you know, we got off the bus, we went to the first hotel and we're standing in front of the hotel. We, we went in and um, we don't have suitcases, you know, like we have, like we have some bags, like we had some suitcases, but not a whole lot because, mm-hmm. you know, you accumulate stuff yeah. that you're going to need now and you didn't, you know, bring bags big enough for everything. And they just looked at us and it, we weren't dirty or anything, you know, like we just, we were refugees. We looked, you know, poor, we didn't, you know, and they, we had money. Every family had enough money for us to stay there. We didn't look, you know, dirty or anything. We had been traveling, so we might've been, you know, rumples or whatever, but we had a bunch of plastic bags and we were refugees and it was clear that we were refugees from Liberia and the first hotel turned us away. Uh, Even though we had money. Yeah, that was the optics wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't good. They didn't want their, their guests to, you know, be in a hotel with refugees. So the, the first hotel turned us away. Yeah, I'm even aware of uh, people <laughs> taking money from refugees and then kicking them out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was another one. And the, the, the security agents were, were like, well, it's your loss. Kind of like, yeah, you should have. Uh, well, why do you want to stay in the hotel? Or, like, go stay in the refugee um, um, housing, or, or in the, like, which was usually a primary school that they allocated. But remember, at the time that we left, because we left right when the war yeah, started. Yeah, we left pretty early. Any, yeah, so yeah, not, nothing, have, nothing had been allocated yet. Yeah, there weren't any settlements and things. Like, the war was still going on. It, you know, it, it had not people still hadn't realized like how bad it was going to be. So there were no settlements There were, you know, there weren't anything, you know, and anything set up. And so they, they took a look at us. And even though, you know, I remember, you know, my 12 year old mind, I remember my mom having the money and I remember like the, the adults going in and then them coming out and us leaving. And, you know, we just had this long day long, you know, bus ride to get there. And we're looking like, where are we going? Like, why are we going away? Why are we not going inside? Yeah. And, you know, just the, 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 the embarrassment, the shame, and, and the look of defeat. Mm. You know, the, the, the look of defeat that, you know, they have to go find. Because there, there were no men with us. It was, all, it was all women. It was all mothers. None of Because all the men stayed to protect their property. Wow. So, so how, how long... Um, wait, so did you... Um, so, like, for your dad, did he join you guys before you guys eventually left? Hey. He stayed the entire time. Wow. So when he did stayed. he when did he leave eventually? He never did. He came to visit. He never did. Wow. He stayed true. He stayed throughout. the entire time. Wow. Yeah, even when we were settled, even when the war was over, like he would, you know, like he would make trips over here. He was back and forth, but he never like that was always his home base. He never left. Wow. He survived the whole thing. He survived the whole thing. He did. He survived. And and, and I will tell you about I'll, I'll tell you about one of, one of the things that just really resonated with me when I, um, when we went out there for his home going, he said to us, you know, he had been saying to us throughout the years, you know, you have to be very careful of how you treat people in the community. Like you are never better than anybody. 
our house was uh, was known to be like a community house. Like everybody was always in our house. You know, we had like a big basketball court. Like we have so many people who have come and lived in the house. And he that's something that he always said. And as a testament to his character, we left that house. We left that house. And when he returned, they had robbed, they had looted everything in the house, which is fine. But the neighbors made sure that that house was not destroyed. Mm. The neighbors made sure that house was not destroyed. The neighbors brought some of our belongings to him. Like the neighbors made sure to say, don't touch this house. Wow. Like even some of the people, you know, who were out there doing the looting, like they knew, like this house, you don't touch it. And and nothing was destroyed. You know, like I said, yeah, it was looted. You know, it's a war. Fine. But nothing, but the house was, was intact. And even when we went to bury him, the community had like banners and had all these things like around the house. Like he remained true to who he was throughout. He, he, remained, he remained true to, to just being a people person. And um, it, just, it just shows like throughout the whole war, 14 years of war. Wow. They never destroyed. They never destroyed the house. They never took over the house. No one ever went after him or 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 anything. He he was there throughout his entire life. That's legacy, right there. Legacy for sure. Yeah, for you sure. Know, it's um, that there's always people like that in, in the community. You know, they're, they're the they're the the dads, they're the moms, they're the papas, mm-hmm. the mamas mm-hmm. of the community. You know. Mm-hmm. In different places, there's always people who, did, like you said, the, the people might come to loot, people might come to this, and even mm-hmm. people among the crowd, there are people who are going to be like, yeah, yeah we, 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 not this house. Yeah, let's go to another one. Or, okay, yeah. we might just pinch one thing, or but we, yeah. we don't really need to, because this person... I, one day the sun was hot and that person gave me a cup of water. I remember the one good deed always goes yeah. far. It goes far for it, it, yeah. people might not realize it. Mm-hmm. People think that you know it doesn't go far, but it does go far. Uh, yeah. A yeah. previous guest, it was a different example, but you know she was her dad came from Portugal, colonial Angola, and he yeah. died before Angola gained independence, and. Mm-hmm. So her mom and herself and her siblings left Angola uh, when the Portuguese, and uh, including those who were born in um, Angola, yeah. had to leave. But 45 yeah. years later, she went to visit because she, uh, she has a, uh, she's, she's part of an NGO that does work in, um, that helps okay. kids, uh, the, uh, girls get education in uh, Angola and uh, neighboring countries. But when she went to visit, which was her first time in 45 years, she couldn't help herself but to go back to find her, where her, her dad's house was. Right, and right. she said she was taking photos there. And somebody came to her and was like, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't be taking photos because now it's unfortunately overrun. It's the, the place yeah. is now, oh, okay. it's now mm-hmm. a slum. And yeah, she yeah. was like, oh, my, my, my dad used to, you know, we, I, I used to live here 45 years ago. And she said, the person mm-hmm. was like, what? Are you this man's daughter? Hold on. I never met him. But this man did something for my grand. Without him, my grandmother wouldn't have gone to school. 
hold on, and that person went, and before I knew the crowd had gathered around her, oh, your dad was the one who helped bring electricity to this place, and people had yeah. just come to give testimony upon yeah. testimony, and she was amazed that people, a bunch of people had not even met the man, and all oh, they come to say good stuff about him, and they were like, oh, come take photos, come take, like, normally we're not allowed to take photos here, but come, 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 you don't have any security here, come, come. And she said that was like the best thing that has ever happened to her in her life. Because yeah. people remembered the name the name, the name, the name, the name is alive. The name is they alive. Do. The name will always live on. And you know, nothing can replace that. You know? My brother moved back home uh I think like eleven years ago. And when he um when he would go for job interviews and he mentioned my dad's name, like it would make a difference. Yeah, it would make it would make a difference, you know. Like, who's your, who's your father? And you know, he says it, and 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 oh, okay, 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 okay. It it, it makes it, and it's not just my dad. I I I have been truly blessed to have two parents who are like that. I've 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 been blessed to have two parents who are like that. The first time that I went back home after the war, so after we moved here, the first time that I went back was 2006. I was the first one to go back um, to visit, and. I met a guy on the flight, you know, just, you know, it's a long flight. It's just a, mm. you know, it's a two day flight. Yeah. There's nobody flies there direct. It's a two day flight. And so we're at, um, I think we're in transit in Brussels and, you know, just having a chat with one of the, the other passengers, you know, we, we have like a six hour layover and, you know, he asked me for my name and I told him my name, you know, Lynch is not a common name, you know, especially in a small country. Yeah. And he said, are you, you know, are you Florence Lynch's uh, daughter? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, oh, my gosh, do you know your mother paid my school fees? Wow. I didn't have the money and your mom paid my school fees. Because um, my mom worked at the bank. She was a general manager and your mom paid my school fees. And he remembered her. And so when I... You know, when I came back and I told my mom, she didn't even remember it. So that's just, you know, who she is. She didn't even remember. She had no idea what what I was talking about. And that's not the first time that that has happened. You know, like I, I, I've had multiple incidents where I say my name and somebody says, "Oh, your mom this is." And my mom is a, like she was an educator. My grandmother was an educator. So when it came to school, she was paying school fees. Yeah. So I get a lot of that. You know, or your mom paid and my tuition. I, I know people like that. They don't. They're not writing down. The people who do it out of their heart. They're not. They don't yeah. writing down yeah. the names. <laughs> like I did yeah. today. I did this. No, they don't. It's, it, mm -hmm. they, they, they don't. They, they want to see the kids do better than. Yeah. It's for the good of the community. So, but it's always beautiful when you know. It you, is. You, you it is. That. And I think that's a great example. You know, yeah. for for me, like I would, I would like to leave. A legacy like I could never be anything like them, but if I can do anything close to it, I I, I can go happily. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. if, if, if I can do anything close. Wow. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. so uh, before we jump into you fully being in America, um, mm -hmm. we're gonna take a quick break, and okay. um, when we come back, we shall talk about your arrival in the United States, and then we'll talk about what you do. Um, and there will, there will be some fun questions at the very end. Hi everyone, your host Raphael Harry here. I can't believe we have gone past our one year anniversary of doing White Label American. I've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people, sharing their modern day immigrant stories. 
and you've allowed this Nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast. Also, one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other. Based on your wonderful feedback over the last year, I think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls. We would like to continue and expand on this mission, but we need your help. I've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show largely on my own. We have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission, but we need direct support from you, our listener, which is why we have created a White Label American Patreon page where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor where you can get access to exclusive content, help me interview upcoming guests by submitting questions, and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation, either virtually or in studio. So if this podcast means something to you, and if you really love this show, think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to patreon.com slash white label American POD. Thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company. Okay, so welcome back and thank you for staying with us. Alrighty, let's continue. So, when um, you flew into United States, uh, do you remember the airline that you took? I don't. Okay. I was trying to see if you took the unofficial airline of the podcast, which I'm trying to get to come sponsor me, <laughs> you know, because a bunch, it's like half of the guests, for some reason, just ended up on KLM, and we all have different experiences. But myself and Rashid refused to eat on our airline as a funny story about that it's uh mine was mine was pure ignorance don't yeah mine was just pure ignorance there's there's a sad story about the guy who you know back in the days when um of colonialism when you took uh uh when you got scholarships and um, you were going to study in the uk and you jumped on yeah, the ship yeah, yeah. to mm-hmm. london so mr in yoruba is called a fico mr know-it-all jump mm-hmm. on his boat to London and or whatever I was going to in the UK and was like, oh, I don't have, I only have enough money. My family gave me enough money for school to survive for the semester. So I'm not going to spend one dime. I have to just survive on drinking water on this boat <laughs> and hides in the cabin throughout and all it goes to use the restroom and whatnot. And by the time the ship arrives in um, at the port in the UK, the captain pulls him aside, like, hey, man, were you okay? It was nothing to your satisfaction. We never saw you. You know, you refused to come eat. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, okay, well, there's nobody here, so I can tell you, man to man, you know, uh, I didn't have money for food. So I I, I just tried to, you know, I, I, was, I just went on a forced fasting. Yeah. And the yeah. captain is like, but you already paid for the food. <laughs> but anyway, you're already here now. It's too late, so you may leave. <laughs> and he's like, what? You mean I paid? It was part of your ticket. 
So he's like, what? So we used to use that to laugh a lot. Like, no, nah, man, that can never happen. You know, that was just back in the days and we were laughing. And then guess what? Well, when I was flying to the States in 2007, uh, guess who didn't eat on the plane because he thought he, he had to pay for food. <laughs> it was too, it was too, you know, uh, Mr. Know-it-all to ask, like, um, is, is it, am, I, am I paying for the food or no? Is, is this, am I being charged for the food? No, it was just like... Um, you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to ask and then draw attention to yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just... Uh, I don't think they'll charge me for the water. Give me water. <laughs> And that's a long flight. Yeah. Right. I flew to Amsterdam. I had three dollars, which my non-favorite aunt had given me. So I took my three dollars. I went and yeah, I found whatever I could buy at Amsterdam, and then managed to make it to the United States, holding my stomach. Oh, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I arrived in the United States, get me food. My mom was wondering why this guy is so hungry. Did you eat on the plane? I'm not, I'm not gonna tell this woman anything. I was still also very sexist too. So I'm like, man, woman, go get me food. And then, oh, uh, uh, after I've eaten, ah, oh, man, that, that's uh, seven hours straight to Amsterdam, seven hours from Amsterdam here. Ah, uh -huh. oh, oh, finally, these people try to kill me. And then, like, I'm now hearing people talk about flying. Oh, that food was good on the plane. How much did they charge you for the food? Uh, they didn't charge you. <laughs> Oh, why, why, didn't you eat on the plane? Oh, yeah, I ate, I ate, I ate. <laughs> I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to say anything. And, You're not going to tell the story. <laughs> uh, 2021, I was finally, I was finally confident enough to, okay, now nah, I can admit, I didn't eat. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't remember what, uh, what airline, but I know that I do have a preference for the airline that I travel with now when I go there. And I know okay. which one I prefer not to travel. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very clear on that. Very clear on it. So that bad experience know. with the okay. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's um, there's some uh, some racist yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that. racist uh, tendencies for a particular airline, and it's consistent. Yeah, and I, I just I, I, I hear that a lot when it comes to airlines going to Africa cities mm -hmm. and you know, yes, especially like the yeah. sub-Saharan cities, it tends to yeah. be a regular. Yeah, it's thing. A really horrible treatment. Very mm -hmm. very horrible treatment. So um. I went with a different airline when we went um, some months ago. Um, we went with uh, Air France, and they were just awesome. Wow. I've never flown Air France. It, I mean, it's a totally different experience. It was just awesome. Oh. It was awesome. Right. Just very professional, like genuinely friendly, okay. uh, just clean, nice. It, it was just, it was, it was fine. I wouldn't change anything about it. It was fine. Uh, and that's, I, and that I, I would expect that from them, though, because um, mm -hmm. being with their history in Africa, so, I mean, I would expect that from them. But just out of curiosity, was their, um, their crew diverse? Um, not so much. Okay. Not, not, so, not so much, but, but they, were, but they were excellent. Okay. They were at excellent. Least, at least the service covered, so. Well, yeah, it, and, and it was genuine. Yeah. It, was, it was genuine, and, and it was consistent, so it wasn't like it was uh, like a fluke. It mm -hmm. was consistent when we were going, and it was, you know, that's multiple planes coming back, and yeah. it, it was consistent throughout. All right. That's good. It was consistent. That's mm -hmm. good to know. So yeah. um, when you arrived in the States, well, do you remember what time of the year it was? Yes. It was this time. It was, it was uh, November. 
and it was on the East Coast, so it was fall and it was super cold, and we, the Africans, were in my 10 layers. <laughs> we were in about 10 layers of clothing with the, the biggest coats <laughs> that, we could, that we could find, <laughs> and yeah, it was November in, in, in Maryland. Wow. Yeah, Maryland mm-hmm. also has a large Liberian community, too. For sure, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was November in Maryland. I remember that vividly. Yeah. It was freezing. Yeah. So, because it didn't come with appropriate, you know, gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, from, same, no, same with me, too. Same with me. Uh, I, yeah, I, I arrived, uh, yeah, November 1st. And um, that same, yeah, typical me, typical dude. Mom had told me... Well, winter coats and all that. I was like, nah. Ah, I looked at the weather. Yeah, didn't realize that um, America doesn't use the same degrees as the rest of the world. So when he said 32 in Lagos and 32 in, in on the East Coast, I was like, yeah, it, it's hot here right now. So what, what are you telling me that I need a winter coat? Come on. Got a light sweater. I didn't even get a thick sweater. I've got a light sweater. Like, I got I got to look stylish, and, you know, um, that's it. And I showed up to the airport. My mom said, I was like, this boy, I knew, I, oh, I knew this boy won't. I knew he wouldn't listen, but guess what? I showed up with, I just, I knew I followed my intuition, and I brought this big coat. I'm like, this coat's okay, ugly. Lucky for you. This, this, lucky for you. Like, this coat's ugly. <laughs> ugly old people's outfit. Who's going to wear this? So I, I walked past her. Like, you know, I got style, man. I want people to start knowing that this fresh boy is in town, you know. All the women start noticing me here. That's what I said. And she was like, okay. And as soon as I walked right outside the airport, the first wind hits me. Oh, take, take me back. <laughs> take me back. <laughs> I don't stay this country. No, no. <laughs> you buddy, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, that, that's like, shock. That's shock yeah, to the system. Yeah, just the first. It wasn't even winter. I was like, just the first wind hit me. I was like, ah, no, 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 <laughs> no. You put it up in this school. My mother's like, this yeah, boy. That, was, that was that was a shock. That was we were, you know, I I expected it, but again, you know, we weren't, you know, we weren't prepared. We, yeah. we bundled up as best as we could, and then when we got here, you know, going around Maryland, you know, we were able to get the, the proper uh, yeah. gear. Uh, that, that's the advantage of being younger. You still listened. Uh, like, knucklehead me was in his 20s. And well, you know, for me, I wasn't thinking about that stuff because, you know, it was my first time on a plane, period. So, you that's know, I'm, I'm in awe of that whole situation. And then, you know, your first time in, the, in, in, in America, mm-hmm. right? And in this place, because... I have friends who were who used to come every year to visit, but I wasn't one of those people. My sisters, two of my sisters, my older sisters were here already. Yeah. They had come for school, okay. but I had never come. Okay. So for me, you know, I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in America, I'm on a plane, you know, like all these new things were happening. So it was just overwhelming. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was just, it was just overwhelming. <laughs> all right, but I, 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 I still say, yeah, being, being a guy, it's, there's too many stubborn things. The stubbornness is just high. Like we, we just feel like, yeah, we can tough it out until it hits us. Right, and and for like, a teenager, you know, so that's uh, that's different also. And then you're like, uh, oh my, oh yeah, 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 oh my goodness, you, uh, you were trying to kill me? I'm put the blame on somebody else. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, like woman, you try to kill me? Uh, I just came to America. You going to? My mom is like, uh, I, I, I told you, I warned you. Bring coat. 
You know, you come and put on this coat. You don't even have health insurance. What is health insurance? In gang, 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 <laughs> Every, everything was just hitting me like pow, pow, pow. <laughs> Okay. I, can't, I can't even okay. leave the airport. You're just hitting me with everything. You never have health insurance. You know, mm -hmm. like, what is this health insurance mm -hmm. talking about? Like, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> so, what else do you consider your your um, first um, amongst your first cultural um, your first cultural shocks with your arrival? Um, school. Oh yeah. Going to school um, because. I went to middle school. I had skipped a grade back mm -hmm. home. I was younger than most of my uh, peers. And so even though I was 12, I started the eighth grade. And uh, the school year had already begun, right? Because this is November. Um, and I remember, because remember that Liberia is an English-speaking country, right? Yeah, there are 13 plus, you know, yeah languages but the primary language is english mm -hmm. and i thought that i was speaking clear english i opened my mouth and i spoke and they looked at me and i remember the girl looked at her, her friend what she say wow. and i'm looking like but i just spoke english and that was a shock to me that i was speaking english and people could not understand me even though and and i thought i was speaking american english yeah, which is news to me. Right. And and people, you know, couldn't understand me. And I had to speak real slowly and really take the time to, you know, pronounce and enunciate every word. Because I realized, because I didn't want to draw attention to myself, because what was happening was I would say something and people couldn't understand me. So then they'd ask somebody else, like, what did she say? And then, you know, now I have people looking at me. And so that was a shock to me that I... Uh, that I did not speak clearly enough and also that people could look like me and we'd be different. Mm. Because the, 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 the biggest challenge that I had were from African-Americans. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, like it, it, it wasn't other people. And, and, and in fact, the, the, the kids back then who helped me and who uh, were kinder to me for the most part were Middle Eastern. With the other foreigners, wow, right? Yeah, the, the other foreigners, even though they had been there for you know for a long time, but you know it was it was, it was them. I mean, eventually, I I, I found one. Um, I made friends with uh, an African American girl who was really really sweet, at, you know, and and that was really helpful. But the initial shock was just the language and just looking like people, but being different from those people, mm -hmm. and and just you know my twelve year old mind trying to 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 understand like how do i survive how do i fit in here how do i not be different yeah because i don't want to draw any attention to myself and, and on top of all of that you know this is school i need to focus i need to pass yeah on top of all these social issues you know i need to stay on top of the academic issues and this that piece was the was the, was the biggest shock to me just not being prepared for the differences it's fascinating because I, I I always felt that one of the reasons why we in Nigeria, like in my experience, the most Nigerians who I knew that, including myself, why we used to hate on Liberians, was that you all sounded American to us. So when I hear that, you know, people are like, 
You know, you mm-hmm. we, we don't we don't know we don't, we don't get what you're saying. I was like, uh, every time we made Liberians, when you know, because uh, when I moved to Ibadan, and I was switched to a public school, a lot of the mm-hmm. students there were um, refugees. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. That's where one of the culture uh, shocks that we get was that the white people see my name, Raphael Harry. They were like, "Oh, you Liberian?" I was like, "Hell no, I'm not." I'm, uh, they were like, so, but why you got a Liberian name? I'm like, it's not Liberian. Why, why you ever see it's a Liberian name? But, uh, like, there's a Leo Nelson. Mm-hmm. Your, your name looks similar to his name. And then if I, if I to break mm-hmm. out now, because <laughs> that's my name. I was like, what about it's a Ghanaian? <laughs> some, some was, oh, but there's a Ghanaian too. And uh, there's one Ghanaian in the school. And, uh, so I was like, okay, I'm Ghanaian. If that's what I want to go by. And then. Because I was doing my best to say I'm not Yoruba because I had beef, serious beef with Yoruba people then. So yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. uh, I'm like, I'm from the southern part. I'm trying to differentiate myself. Then why are you going to go take me international? I want to go international. But if you want to take me international, take me another, outside of Africa because I was anti-black too. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a whole mess at that time. And they were like, oh, no, you're Liberian. And so, because you don't speak Yoruba, because if you're in Western part of Nigeria, you don't speak Yoruba, it's, it's like, they, they don't get it. Like, how can you not speak Yoruba? Yeah. So it was a big yeah. fight thing. But uh, as soon as the first Liberian I met spoke, I was like, you from where? So I'm from Liberia. I'm like, why you speak like an American? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no, I'm from Liberia. And then the yeah. next Liberian spoke, I was like, wait, you all talk like American. Why you all talk like Americans? And they, they were like, so, I'll tell you this, we thought the same thing until reality hit. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, that just now, people yeah, jealous of them. Now I may sound American. Yeah, now I may <laughs> sound American because I've lived here for 30 years and I've learned, you yeah. know, oh, but this is, this is, this is what I thought I sounded like uh-huh. when I was 12, when I was speaking to people. This is what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my ears back then, this, this is what I thought I was hearing, you know, and. No. Yeah, so it, it's it's just it's like it's 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 fascinating how we it is we, it we, is we, that's we one just, of the things that we we talked about you know back home like we would practice you know mm-hmm. speaking American whatever that is like that's one of the things that we we, we joked about yeah this is before the war you know because like I said people came back and forth so somebody would come for like three weeks and come back all of a sudden they're you know they're talking different <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought it was only Nigerians that did that, like Nigerians. Like now, we have people who go to Dubai and come back from Dubai three weeks, and I'm like, bro, you went yeah. to Dubai. What, what, what are you? <laughs> You're trying to sound yeah, like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, a whole new accent, yeah, a whole new, accent, a whole new personality. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But so the, that was a shock for me. The Nigerian one is that they go to Dubai and come back with Sherlock Holmes accent. I'm like, how? How? Why is Sherlock Holmes <laughs> in Dubai? <laughs> 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 it doesn't add up. <laughs> they call me like, hey, bro. I'm like, no, 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 no. Sherlock Holmes does not live in Dubai. That does not work. That, get, that get, give funny. us Dubai accent. Give me something. Give me that. Give me that. Like, okay. And then the other one was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm in Qatar. And then tries to speak like he's from New York. I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, but Nigerians, we have to be extra. We just have to be. It's, uh, that's our way. Otherwise, we'll be too boring. It's just. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So I'll have to jump forward a little bit. Um, When did you begin to know what you wanted to do? Or what was like, when did you begin to get that? um, I don't want to say vision, but 
like when you begin yeah. to get that feeling that this was the path that you you want to be on you know was there yeah someone that guided you or was there some was there a sign or was there yeah what put you on that path so I went to undergraduate school here in California. I went to Berkeley, right, to UC Berkeley. Oh. And part of um, part of living on campus, and it, it's different now. They've cleaned up the place, but um, back then there was a huge homeless uh, uh, population there, right? And so, in order for you to walk from campus to your classes, you had to walk through a certain community. Oh, wow. And so, because mm-hmm, they were on the main streets and, you know, just a, a mixture of people. Yeah. And naturally, you know, I found myself having conversations, you know, with people as I went to school, you know, because I, I was always curious as to, like, how how they came to be that way. Like, how did you become homeless? Like, you know, like, what's your story? And so, you know, of course, it's not, it wasn't just about just shelling out money to people or buying them lunch. You know, I would stop and have conversations, you know, with, with, with people. And there were a lot of people also who, um, who have mental illnesses. That it was clear. There, there were, there were a lot of people who, who had some sort of, you know, mental illness or something that was, that, that were mixed up in that population as well. And so I had this fascination. I wanted to know, and I was always talking to them. I was always helping in whatever way, you know, like I said, be it buying lunch or whatever, you know, um, and one day, I think I was talking about one of the guys that I had met. Um, it was a guy that I used to talk to a lot. And on that day, he had told me that uh, he had a family. He had a whole family in Florida. You know, a nice looking older guy. He, he had a family and children in Florida. And I just couldn't understand, like, why he would be here, you know, homeless. And he had a family and kids. And I was talking to someone, one of my friends, about him and just talking about the story and someone, that, that friend said to me, you know, like, there's a name for this thing that you're doing. You know there's a name for it, right? And I said, what do you mean? I'm just talking to people. And, and they said, there's a name for this thing. It's called social work. What you're doing here is actually social work. And there's a whole program here for that. You should look into social work. Because I, I didn't know what it was prior to that. And that's how I went and I started to research, like, what is social work? I mean, because I was always interested in psychology. Like I wanted to be, you know, a forensic psych, you know, psychologist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to understand like the criminal mind, you know, back then. And so I didn't know what uh, social work was. And so when that person said it to me, I started to research it further. I went to the department to ask, like, what is social work? What do you do? And realized, like, oh, this is what it is. It's about helping people. It's about talking to people. It's about understanding people. It's about the psychology of how people, you know, came to be. Like, this is actually a whole field. This is something that you can hone and learn. And that's how I sort of, you know, went down that path. But I was doing it without recognizing that I was doing it, you know, already. Wow. Just by nature of, of, of who I am and just by being a curious, you know, person yeah. and, and wanting to know people's stories and wanting to help people to just get out of, you know, bad situations. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how I came to be here. That, that's amazing. I and mean, it's, yeah, it, it's true. Like, when we don't know, you know, when we don't have uh, um, a title or uh, a name for something, we, sometimes we'll be doing it without yeah. <laughs> knowing what it is. Yeah. Because 
Yeah, yeah, you know, back home, you know, in, in Nigeria, I know it's really bad on, I did that a lot. In Patakot, not that much, which I, I moved to Patakot from Ibadan. But in uh, but in every city that I lived in Nigeria, mm-hmm. there was always uh, we we always call people mad, and mm-hmm. those were a lot of them were homeless. Um, some yeah. of them walked around nude. Uh, yeah, we 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 have and, people like that. So yeah, yeah, and um, some in tattered clothes. But mm-hmm. for some reason, there was one who there was a guy. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. There was a guy who just seemed to have this aura about him that he could talk to. He, once in a while, he would talk to this particular guy who looked scary. And you just talk to him and give him some some yeah. um, peanuts, and because there used to be these peanuts that they sold in a glass bottle. And mm-hmm. like, why are you giving him a bottle? Like, he could—that's a weapon. Like, giving this guy now, this guy gonna chase people, and you just. Eh. I got spare change. I bought peanuts and I gave the guy. But they would have conversations. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he'll keep the guy company for like five to ten minutes and all right, see you. And he just mm-hmm. walked by and like, Do you know him? Is he a family member? Mm-hmm. But I just kept him company. Yeah. So one day I was um, coming from somewhere or going somewhere and I ran into the guy like it was just at a sharp corner. It's like I couldn't escape. And I saw the guy. So I, out of fear, I just said, hi. And he said, hello. Like a normal person. So I said, how are you? I'm good. And he just said, how are you too? Mm-hmm. And that would just be kind of conversation. And, but I never told anybody because, I don't know, I just felt yeah. weird. Like, oh, I that chatted with him. But after that day, it's like every time I saw him, I kind of always said, hi, yeah. hello. You know, and it wasn't like, there was the fear wasn't there anymore. Yeah, you realize he's human. Yeah, and, it humanized and, him. And, yeah. It humanized yeah. him. And I, yeah. I had an uncle who, um, he was suffering something. Unfortunately, family, the, the older people in the house didn't, uh, they took, I remember one time they took him to the hospital, uh, a psych hospital, and he was there for some time. And then mm-hmm. uh, he was infamous for always having some wild stories, including mm-hmm. which... Um, include some of Ghana's history, which one of my uncles is tied to. So it was like, there's some truth. There's not some truth there. We don't know. But one day mm-hmm. he told one of my friend the stories. And that friend never, I don't know if that boy ever recovered from that. But he always had those stories. And some of them mm-hmm. were just ridiculous. Some of them were wild. And mm-hmm. later on, when I was staying with my sister and he had to come stay with us, my sister thought the best cure for him was to go drop him off at some church where... He claimed, as soon as my sister left, they chained him up and started trying to deliver him of the madness. I'm saying that in quotes. And he had to trick them into agreeing, thinking that he was okay. After Mm -hmm. they didn't feed him for three days, they beat him up. They kept being flogged. And after the third day, and he had started saying what they wanted to hear, that's when they took the chains off and he escaped. And my sister was mad with him that he, he ran, like she said, he made it up because he ran away from the church. And then I was hardcore religious. So I was like, oh, you should go back, Jesus. I'm like, go back, Jesus will heal you and all that. Nobody wanted to listen to him that he, well, for what he was saying about the torture and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah and because yeah. the thing was, we didn't see the humanity in him. We're like, you should have, you know, 
go, go back yeah. there. You're being tortured. Go back to where they're torturing you. So yeah, in the end, he, yeah. he found a way to sneak himself back to Ghana. And uh, at one time, I thought he was dead. But uh, apparently, I heard he's, he's alive in some village in Ghana. But he mm -hmm. doesn't... There's only one person in the family that he trusts. And that person is late. Now, she was the only person who didn't care about religion. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. So yeah. he's like, yeah, you can't bring me... Because if I come near any one of you, the first thing you guys do is try and take me to one mm -hmm. religious house where they touch on me. me. Yeah, yeah so the trauma is still yeah. with him. Yeah. And... Now I I look back I'm like yes I I I get it I get it because there were lots of people like that in the country on roaming the streets and we just mm -hmm. call them mad but nobody takes the time to go talk to them and find out. You know the interesting thing when I was young mm -hmm. we had a couple of those people and one of them actually went to school with my mom. Wow. And um, that lady's mom's house was behind our school and there was a story and so she like she would always pop up on our campus like she was like we were terrified of her mm -hmm. because she was yeah. known to slap to, because she was known to slap to, to, to slap people we had someone like that too. And, and, and we had to wait outside for the uh, our uh, you know our ride to come mm -hmm. and so she was notorious for just like popping up in the, in the middle of a you know little girls group and just you know popping you and so and she stayed in that area because her mom's house was behind the school and um, she had burned it down. And I remember my mom talking about how she was her classmate. And I was, even back then, I was always curious about how did she go from being your classmate to this person? Mm. I was always asking, even, you know, even my brain, I was always asking like, you know, what happened to her? What happened to her? Why is she like this? It's, you know, because clearly she wasn't born like this. Yep all friends you went to school together how did she become this person and the answer was always the same witchcraft witchcraft yeah, witchcraft yeah yeah you know what i mean witchcraft witchcraft uh, and so that's what i believed to be true when i was you know younger and as i grew older as i became an adult as i you know started studying more of this field you know i realized the disservice that we did to these people and that we are still doing in some of our communities to true. these people where that they don't the help we traumatize them and you know and we turn it into something we villainize people who need help because that's what it is you know if you say it's witchcraft then they're the villain and they're these people who need to be flogged or tortured or locked away and they don't get the help that's you know and that's part of why i do what i do because you know that 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 doesn't sit well with me yeah. It doesn't sit well with me that, That's you know, true. that we do that to people. Nothing happened to her. Yeah. Something happened to her that made her that way. Something happened. I don't know what that thing is, but something happened. That's yeah. true. We, 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 you're right. We villainize people who need help because mm -hmm. there's so many mm -hmm. of them. And it, it, the, the more I, I hear you talk and I hear, you know, people like yourself and Rashid talk and it brings back memories and I'm like, wow, there's, yeah, I, I look at people like my uncle and mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. the other people I came across. I'm like, yes, they're, 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 I, I begin to see the humanity and it makes so yeah. much sense. And I'm like, yeah, yeah these people, that, 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 that's why it's, if I make mistake of calling somebody mad, I, it's one of those words that I, I, literally, I literally try to take back immediately. Because yeah. 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 we use that word in, in such a wrong way. It was because yeah. it, yeah. it was just for villainizing people. It was because yeah. there was nobody wanted to do the hard work of finding out what led to the trauma. 
Mm-hmm. It, it was, yeah. Just, I mean, we didn't even recognize it as trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like we, it, don't even, it's not. we don't even recognize it as such. Yeah. So we don't even look for a solution. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, so and you've given me a lot of your time. There's still more I would have loved to ask, and I should have asked, but uh, we're still okay. going to be here for pretty much more time. <laughs> so let me I just have to jump to the fun questions so we can wrap up. Because I, I okay. we're going to be here for much more. So, uh, let's see. Well, okay, before I, I jump into the fun questions, I have to just ask this one question. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I also asked Rashid this question. How and when did you begin to embrace boundaries in your life? This will be the last serious one. When I had my son. When I had my son and um, I needed my mom's help, mm. right? It was my first kid. I was a new mom and I needed my mom's help. And um, we were just clashing. We were just clashing left and right. And I was just like, this is just, like, we can't, we can't keep doing this. We, we, we can't keep doing this. And um, she came to help me in my house, you know? And I love her and her intentions were good, but we're just different people. We're different people. We're from a different generation. We do things differently. And I was, I was suffering emotionally. I was suffering. You know, I had just had a kid, you know, my first kid and just the stress of what was happening between us and just our disagreements were just little things, you know, just, Uh just little things, you know, and again, her intentions were good and she was helping me. But the way that you raise a baby in 1970s, in the 1970s, yeah. it's different from a baby, a newborn baby in 2015. That's right. It's different. And that doesn't mean that either way is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. The, the way you did it in 1970 wasn't wrong. The way we do it in 2015 is not wrong. They can be, both be correct, even though they're different. That's right. And my mom had a hard time accepting that. Which is something that, you know, we, we struggle with with that generation. They just, they know one thing one way, and that's just, that's the only way, period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything else is wrong, right? There are no other options. And it was, it was just causing me too much distress. And so I, I had to just start putting boundaries in place. Mm. I had to start, because it was, it was affecting me, it was affecting my marriage, it was affecting just everything, and, and it, was, it was affecting my relationship with my mother, and I did not want that relationship to suffer. So I had to learn how to create and to maintain boundaries so that we could all be okay. That's, that's when it became personal for me. And this is not just something that you hear. This is something that I, I have to figure this out because this yeah. is not going in the right direction. And I don't, I don't like the direction it's going. In. Yeah. All so. right. And yeah, sure. that, that, I relate to that too. Cause, uh, um, yeah, but with the moment we knew we were going to have our daughter, well, then we didn't know what gender she was going to be, or what sex she was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there were too many people, were like some people still, some people were like they cut us off because of that. Because some were like, "Oh, you gotta do a gender reveal party." I said, "No." Uh, well, <laughs> if my missus wants one, okay, but uh, for yeah. me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. With it. I don't need that in my life. It's uh, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I know I'm having a child and. Yeah, I welcome. The child. I love the okay. child. That's it's, that's it. And 
Mm-hmm. Okay, but you don't want to know. You, you, if, if it's a girl, you know, you got to buy a gun. I'm like, so, uh, no, I don't need to buy a gun. But uh, thank you for your concern. And uh, I mean, if you want to pay for the school fees, I, I, I accept cash, uh, check, and uh, <laughs> if it's a boy you know you got to keep the girls away i'm like my, my my son can be gay i don't know can be bi i don't know i, I don't Love know it. but uh, Love there's a yeah. couple Love of it. years away for all that to happen there's a lot of things that happened before that so i don't know why you're concerned about what mm-hmm. would my child be having sex with um but there's a lot of things to be concerned about. So can you yeah. think about something else? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, 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 that was done way. But I'm like, just yeah. so I think it started happening just naturally before I even knew yeah. I was setting uh, boundaries. Because when I started seeing people putting pressure on my woman, I was like, okay, yeah, we, uh, yeah, you all need to let this woman rest. Yeah, and leave her alone. Leave her alone. If you if you have anything, come to me. And if I if I don't like it, I say go back. Bye. Then. If you have, if it hurts you, uh, if you feel hurt by that, then maybe you need to check why you feel hurt by that. Because someone's mm-hmm. having a baby. Yeah. It's, exactly. The baby it's hasn't even come you. out. The baby hasn't even come out. You're picking a fight. Why? Why? Why are you trying to pick a fight? <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. So yeah, there's so a few people refuse to talk to me because of that. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fine. I don't, I don't feel bad about it. Okay. She's, she just on three, so she's living her life, yeah. and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I saw her in one of your um lives. Yeah, I saw yeah. her, cutie. Ah, thank you. She's uh, she's always trying to hijack all my any any time I'm I'm doing, making content. That's why I have to be in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go hey, drop I, I enjoyed her. <laughs> <laughs> I it and I, but I enjoyed her. <laughs> oh yeah, she's the cutest person in the house. Well, and, and uh, you know she's she yeah she'll take over our hosting of this very soon. She'll take over. <laughs> I'm here for it. So we can't have you here without finding out a few things. Sure. So the first one, what is your favorite cuisine, your go-to cuisine? If we need to, you know, we need to (laughs) eat right now, show up like, come on, take us to go eat something. What is it going to be? Fufu. Fufu with what? Fufu fufu and palm butter. Palm butter. Hmm. Mm. Is that what we mm-hmm. call banga soup? The red one with yeah. the palm oil. Yeah. 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 Oh, so what 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 goes into your well, what we call banga? I think the Ghanaians and Nigerians we call it banga soup. Chicken, beef, pork, crab, shrimp. Wow. That's cow, loaded. Uh, uh, cow and uh the, the the pork, the pig, everything. I've, I've never had it with pork. I've never had yeah. pork in mine. But mine is goat meat. Goat meat is where you can trap me. That that's the <laughs> Sometimes we put gold in it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I'm but that's not, I've never had with pork. Favorite yeah. thing to make, favorite thing to, to eat. I can eat that I all week. My wife will love that because Germans and pork, they don't they don't argue. So, yeah, that <laughs> is. Uh, wow, I've never heard of. I've never thought of adding pork to banga. Now I just thought about it. Hmm. I might try that for her birthday is coming up soon, so that might be a surprise. I have banga to make at home. So, so you guys call it palm butter. Which yeah, Pumbler. that that's literally that's so literally it's, it's what it is. It's palm nuts. Yeah, it's the yeah. the okay. from the from yeah. the palm nuts. So mm-hmm. We call it palm butter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We, mm-hmm. we, I don't know who I don't even know who has the word banga. It might be Ghanaian. It might be Nigerian. Well, it might it's be Egyptian. It's not it's not a Nigerian word per se because it belongs. It might be if it's Niger if it's from the Nigerian side and it might be 
I don't know, it might belong to probably, because my tribe is, um, we have a lot of palm trees with us. Uh, we have river right mm -hmm. and coastal. So a lot of palm trees and it's a big thing for us. It's actually part of our, our traditional, one of our traditional meals is um, the, the, peanut, the palm butter with um, the, yeah. the fufu is, have you, have you ever seen this fufu called starch? It's, if you don't know how to mm -hmm. eat it, you're literally going to be lifting up the whole plate with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you can use mm -hmm. that. Uh, I've forgotten what the other stuff is. I haven't seen that one in a long time, so I've forgotten what that one is. Yeah. But with um, stockfish or dry fish. Cause we yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. put that in there too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm not a fish guy. So I mm -hmm. inherited it from my mom for someone comes. Yeah, I don't put fish in mine, but, uh, but our, you know, my people cook it okay. with, with stockfish and all that stuff too. I don't put mm -hmm. it in mine. So palm butter and fufu. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was... Thinking you might go with jollof, but oh, I'm surprised. No, I'm not surprised. Oh. But, yeah. No, I like I like it, but I don't. That's not my favorite. Yeah, my my Liberian buddy in the navy. Yeah, he gave me one mm -hmm. of the best jollof I ever had, but I can't claim it's the best. It's I said one of the best before them jollof uh, mafia come don't after get me. Don't started on this on this competition because we make the best jollof. Uh, we well, do. Look, you you can't say says. it. You can't say it. I'm not allowed to say it. My missus has her opinions. I'm not allowed to say it. Okay. I, I eat everybody's jollof. I'm that guy. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the Switzerland of jollof eating. I'm the Swiss. They just had a contest in D.C. A yeah. blind tasting con contest in D.C. Uh -huh. Liberia won. Liberia won. Liberia won. It's blind. Wow. It was like Liberia, Nigeria, Ghana, uh, Sierra Leone, and Senegal. Five. That's not enough. There was no. There was no Gambia in there. No. Yeah, that's, that's not enough. Because if I have to be the judge, there has to be Gambia, there has to be Sierra Leone, there has to be uh, uh, Guinea-Bissau, oh, there has to be Mauritania. You have to put them all there what? so I can have a proper tasting. That's, Mauritania? Yeah, I have to taste all 16 West African <laughs> countries before I make my final decision. I've only tasted about seven. I've tasted Ivory Coast. No, I haven't tasted Ivory Coast. Yes, that's that's one. That one is missing. Ivory I've tasted Coast Togo. has the best um, uh, peanut soup. We call it grumpy soup. Ivory Coast has oh, the best. Really? The yeah. Peanut soup. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The best. Okay. The best. Mm. I'll give them that. Yeah. I'll give them that. Okay, I have to call my Ivorian boy now and say you're not doing a good job. He's fired. <laughs> Doing a good job. He's in DC. He's, he's, not, he's not representing his country well yeah, if you don't know that already. Right. He came on the podcast too. So that's that's even two yellow cards right there. He, <laughs> he mentioned that. So yeah. So now the next major question that you have to answer, which I'm hoping mm -hmm. you give us a controversial answer here. So no people pressure. can come. Yeah. So <laughs> people can come and argue and be like, I just go to her, go to her, you know. And you get help anyway, so go there. Don't come, don't come to me. So, we need you to dance for at least one hour. We know you dance. Anyway, you can't deny that you dance. So, you know, you got dancing genes in you. You're from, you're from West Africa, so you got that. You know how to dance. You can't, you, whether you dance in public or private, you dance. So, you can't deny okay. it. So, okay. at least we need you to dance for one hour. Who are three go-to artists that can keep you dancing? You can't be giving us Drake or you can't be giving us them, mm. them, them. Uh, you can't give us Beyonce. No, 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 that's cheating. You can't, they can't, they can't, you can't give us cheating answers. We need you to give us the real dancing, answers. Dancing, honestly, 
I hate to say this because I would have loved to to call somebody's name from my country, but it's all Nigerian artists. <laughs> oh no 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 no! She went there. She went there. You said I, that. Uh, and the, 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 the betrayer. The betrayer. But I know. I mean, I, I, I'm going to call the Liberian consulate right now. Put me up here. Now they're going to come and get me. I'm going to call the Liberian consulate. Come on, take your daughter. So, so I, it'll, be, it, it'll be two Nigerian artists, and the other one is from Trinidad. I love so Oh, okay. 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 I love so All right. So, my, my channel, and you put, um, I like uh, Kiss Daniel. Kiss Daniel. Oh, nobody has mentioned his name. Yeah. All right. Oh, I love him. I love Kiss Daniel, and I love... Um, I love Davido. Davido I don't want to say Davido. Davido. Yeah, okay. with, all, with all the drama that he has, uh, you know, I don't want to do it. But, but, I mean, but all of them music. have drama. Like, like one of my right. my favorite podcasters says, you, you just pick your, 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 everybody's picking their favorite problematic person. He makes good music. He, he does. So that's it. Like, so <laughs> you just, you, if you're asking me about dancing, something that'll just immediately, if I hear it, I'm getting up to dance. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Sorry, what was your uh your Trinidadian person again? Michelle Machado. Oh, Michelle, yeah. Yes, he does the really nice polka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michelle Machado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no 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 female artist. I like um let's see, female artist. If you if you're talking about dancing, I like Yemi Alade. Oh, Yemi Alade. Uh, yeah, for dancing. I can. I, I'll give you one that can help you. You know, improve your your list from South Africa. Somebody gave me that that uh woman, and I've yeah, I've I've been rocking her since then. Uh, Busi okay. Ziwa. Oh, you know you have to spell it. Uh, B U S I Z. Uh Um, W Y A. I think by the time you okay. you, you get to that. We, we get the, okay, the, all right. The AI will probably spell it out for you. Yeah, but thank you. Got yeah. it. Okay, Uzi, Ziwa, she, it she was on um the My Power track with Beyonce. Oh, yeah, was one of I think I know what you're talking about. Actually, yeah, yeah she. All, all, all our tracks are probably gonna make you dance. Was she, she the one rapping? Yeah, I think she rapped towards the end. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't know her name. I know exactly yeah. who you're she, talking she, about. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. All, all her music okay. is like you, you. You hardly sit down. That's just, just, yeah. Okay, I'm on it. Thank you for that. I'm on it. All right. So, I really appreciate you for um, spending your time with me. Oh, um, how how do you say thank you in your local dialect? Uh, I'm trying to see. Oh, okay. Um, If you're saying thank you to God, come by Ise. If it's just to you, Ise. That's in my mom's language, which is by Ise. Ise. Oh, that sounds. Oh, you can say Ise way. Ise way. Wow. Yeah, Ise way or Ise. Ah, that sounds similar to Yoruba. Hmm. Yeah, that's a vibe. Eshe. Well, yeah, because when you say Ise, it was like ah, Yoruba is Eshe, but Ise sounds like the same similar spelling to Eshe. Yeah, Yoruba is Eshe or Eshe. If you really want to, like, if you're really, really thankful, you know, if you really want to just emphasize your thank you, the Ise way. Ise way. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Ise way for mm-hmm. spending your time with me and uh, giving us a lot of awesomeness. 
And um, for the final question, what would you like to leave the audience with? Um, you know, it's your freestyle moment. And, okay. Um, not, not, well, if you want to give us it, I don't think it's a lyric from Davido that we'll do here, but um, yeah, it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So first of all, I want to say thank you so, so much for this invite and for having this platform because I think that it's so important for us to have some of these conversations, you know, um, and there are so many podcasts out there and it's just, it's nice to listen to one, to be a part of one that has um, a good message, that has a meaning, that actually has an impact. So thank you for this platform. Thank you for inviting me and kudos and congratulations. Shout out to you for your 100th episode. I didn't even realize there was that many. Congratulations <laughs> to you Neither for, did I. for doing that. Um, and to your listeners, I would just like to say, um, I hope that we can get to a place where we can prioritize and pay attention to our mental wellness. You know, we talk a lot about our physical health, and I hope that we can recognize that our mental health and our mental wellness is a part of your physical health. I hope that we can normalize talking about how we feel. I hope that we can normalize seeking help when we don't feel well. And I hope that we can normalize um, self-care and doing things for ourselves um, to, to just be okay, especially as we try to come out of this pandemic, especially as we deal with this um, just trying times, you know, around the world. I hope that we can all just get to a place where we recognize that it's important to take care of ourselves, which includes um, our minds. And again, th thank you for inviting me here and, and for giving me this platform to, to speak about, you know, what, I, what I'm passionate about. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. My, everything is. I can't say thank you enough for you know accepting the invite to come here. And if people want to find you, people want to reach out to you, where's the best place to um, find you, and where, where where can they reach out? I hang out the most on Instagram, so at Coffee Lynch Therapy is the best place to um, find me. I do respond to DM messages. So if you want to shoot me a message in there, I will respond. However, just be mindful that I don't provide therapy in my DM box. <laughs> All right. And I'll be adding the um, the links in the show notes and I'll okay, be tagging all that on uh, social media so you can uh, easily find uh, Safi Lynch therapy and connect easily. She's a great person to have and a great connection to make. So, yes, Esewe, that's it, correct? Esewe, And, um, yes, I look forward to having you again on the podcast down the line. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll most definitely catch up um, in the future, see where life takes us. And, yeah, there will be palm butters and fufu with all the goodies inside. <laughs> and yes, so much good is to come. So thank you all for listening and thank you for the privilege of your company. See you later. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at white label American at gmail.com. 
and make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.